Welcome to Making the Metaverse. In this video, we're gonna be giving you everything you need to know about the Ethereum merge. There's a hell of a lot going on in the crypto space, a lot of talk around the Ethereum merge, what that means um, for the blockchain crypto community. And James, you are our resident blockchain expert here at Social Tree. Recently completed a blockchain course, Oxford University. Mm -hmm. You've gone deep into this in, uh, into this realm. <laughs> and um, although, yeah. you know, I am passionate about crypto, I think yeah. you've you've you're definitely got the depth for knowledge here at social tree so i want to kind of interview you in yeah, this video great. to understand what this merge means what it means for all of our users out there and um a, a beginner's video as well so not to go too technical yep. too deep what does it mean in, in layman terms so mm -hmm. it, in terms of like breaking down the, this topic yeah first of all what is meant by the virtual machine what is what is ethereum what's the virtual machine yep. just a quick breakdown yeah, for the yeah, viewers sure. out so, there so if we step back to i think 2014 you had the introduction, well, you had the, the introduction of Bitcoin, the rise to prominence of Bitcoin as the dominant crypto. And then you had the emergence of another cryptocurrency uh, and one blockchain developed by Vitalik Buterin. And Vitalik's uh, vision was to create a, a programmable blockchain in which you could actually create applications on top of the blockchain uh, layer. So that was where Ethereum was born. It was born in 2014 uh, by a, a genius, Vitalik Buterin, is absolute genius. And since then, Ethereum has become the second biggest crypto. And the one of the big visions of, of, of Vitalik and the Ethereum developer community is obviously decentralization is a massive, massive important factor. But secondarily, it's the idea of having a truly virtual machine, which is decentralized as well. So virtual machines like a virtual desktop has been around for a long time, but a virtual machine could be a theoretical machine, which is based entirely through the decentralized blockchain network. So that's kind of the big idea of the virtual machine. And the Ethereum blockchain has gone from strength to strength. And we are now at a very important time of not only Ethereum's history, but I think the whole space's history as we move into this seismic event of the merge. Yeah. And, and the way I kind of understood it is that, yeah, Bitcoin, you know, obviously has one one function, which yeah. is to um, is for money. So it's got yeah. one one function, which is all at one application. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, the Ethereum, you can build program many applications It's yeah. much more built for um, for developers. And Absolutely. I think some people, again, you know, trying to do this video for, for the layman's out there, people yeah. who are new, new to crypto, some people can get confused between, um, you know, it, the Ethereum network and Ether. Yeah. And um, what's the, can you just break down the difference between the different terms that go around Ethereum and just to educate the audience a bit on um, yeah, the different terminology. Within yeah, the yeah, absolutely. So, so Ethereum is the name of the blockchain and Ether is the cryptocurrency which is associated to the blockchain. So they're two different things. So people talk about Ethereum and Ether interchangeably, but they are different. So Ether is essentially the cryptocurrency of the Ethereum blockchain and Ethereum is the blockchain itself. And the the kind of big, um, and kind of back to your original point, Bitcoin's original 
conception was to be a form of money. However, since that time, it hasn't really lived up to potential to become money because it's just simply too slow transaction fees, slow and expensive. So Bitcoin has moved to more of a store of value narrative yeah. where you can kind of store these these pristine um, pieces of value of digital yeah. network. It's also very volatile, the Bitcoin as a currency, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yeah, hard. Very like volatile, one yeah. day it can be a certain amount. You might yeah. lose five thousand dollars the next day <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah how could you have a currency which which is like which has you know still a massive volatility yeah, so yeah. it's a store of value narrative is very strong um it whereas ethereum as you said correctly there is a a a narrative which which is essentially um one in which programs can be developed on top of it which i think is very exciting and i think there's also a ma even bigger change which is the emerging difference in terms of consensus mechanisms between proof of work and proof of stake, which is what is going to happen, touchwood to Ethereum very, very soon. That's a massive change for the cryptocurrency community. Yeah. It's happening very soon. Yeah. So so that's obviously the you know the merge. Yeah. And um, could you just take the viewers through through the merge? Like why yeah. how it's come about? Why is the merge happening and yeah. what it kind of means for for us out there? Yeah, good question. So the merge has been, put simply, the merge is to move from Ethereum's uh, network to move from proof of stake to, sorry, proof of work to proof of stake. At the moment, Ethereum uses proof of work, and I'll explain what these mean. So a blockchain uses something called a consensus mechanism, which essentially is a methodology as to how you can create trust in trustless networks. That's what blockchains are. They are mechanisms in which you can develop trust in trustless network. I don't trust you, you don't trust me. How do we mutually create a network in which we can transfer trust between two parties who don't trust each other? And that consensus mechanism, it's called a consensus mechanism, that can be achieved through many different ways. I think there's seven different types of consensus mechanisms, but the most popular at the moment is proof of work. And secondly, is proof of stake. Proof of work is the is the consensus mechanism which Bitcoin uses. And that is the original consensus mechanism. It is a very, very crude and high energy way to create trust in trustless networks. And how you achieve that is through the Bitcoin network, you have lots of different miners or, or entry and kind of validators on the network. In order to, to, to exercise and to approve transactions on the blockchain, and be rewarded, you are tasked with solving very complicated puzzles. And that puzzle requires incremental more energy depending on how much you, the network is used. So the more people that use Bitcoin, the more energy you need to solve the puzzle. So when you first had Bitcoin, you had, it was quite easy. You know, back in 2013, you could probably have a home computer and you could get some Bitcoin for solving some of the puzzles through proof of work. Fast forward to now, you need whole mining operations. You need literally the power of countries to, to really get your Bitcoin. And actually, I think last year, Bitcoin used more power than Pakistan. Yeah. So it's incredibly energy intensive. I saw a lot in the news of um, a lot of people, a lot of raids on, um, on miners because they're taking so much off the grid. Yeah. You know, like they're literally yeah, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. Iran and stuff. Like, yeah, um, China as People well. are dragging so much energy off the grid that they're having yeah. to actually raid the the farms are shut yeah. down because they're just so yeah so it's not sustainable is it that, that model like especially in in the world of esg and mm -hmm. people taking the environment so seriously and um yeah it's uh 
it's a massive issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you're completely right. Again, like proof of work is very energy intensive. We're moving to a world where energy is so important, yeah. you know, energy consumption. There is the argument of obviously you could use renewable energy to do proof of work, but that's another topic. And that's where proof of stake comes in. Proof of stake is a different consensus mechanism which allows stakers, which are people who stake Ether as a currency onto the network, you're putting skin in the game in return to become at random validator of transactions. So proof of stake is saying, here's my money. Um, traditionally, or as we move to proof of stake, there is a 32 ETH minimum like le level to become a, can become a validator. Yeah. So that is about, at the time of speaking, it's about 90,000 USD. So quite a lot of money. So you don't have to, you, you're going to have to have quite a bit of money to even to, to, to play ball. You can be a, you know, someone with small amounts of ETH and you can join a pool in which you can contribute small amounts of ETH to that 32 ETH to then become a validator. So you can do that on like Coinbase and Rocket Pool and other applications. So proof of stake is very different. And proof of stake is different to proof of work because you are staking currency rather than staking energy. So the exchange of, you know, I suppose the skin in the game is currency over energy. That's probably the big difference. So very, very different. And I think the, the main point which you made was proof of stake has a massive advantage in that it's going to be using 99.92% less energy than the current proof of work blockchain consensus mechanism, which is being used on Ethereum and Bitcoin at the moment. Yeah. I saw a interesting proof of concept. I think it's from Tesla. who are trying to make a renewable um, sort of Bitcoin yeah. mining operation. Um, uh, so the, yeah, so I think there's perhaps down the road issues around it, but I think it's not just the environmental issues, is it? It's yeah. also the actual just the speed of the network. It's going to be a lot yeah. faster, and um, it's going to be a lot more efficient running it, yeah. as well as more environmentally yeah. um, friendly. Absolutely. And um, so, in terms of like the the pitfalls and opportunity um, around this, what kind of you know, if the audience are looking to understand that understand the merge, understand what this means. What's the yeah pitfalls and opportunity of what's going on at the moment? So the, yeah, the merge to, to kind of explain what's happening. So so the last five years is always part of Ethereum's roadmap to move from proof of work to proof of stake. It's always been part of the journey. It hasn't been something that's, oh, let's move to proof of stake. Since day one, there has been the, the, the push to move to proof of stake. So what's happening now is that journey is concluding, or at least this, the, the end of the beginning is including. And Ethereum at the moment is running two parallel chains. In 2020, a beacon chain was released, which is essentially a, a parallel chain running alongside the mainnet, which was already operating a proof of stake essentially mechanism when you had the proof of work mechanism, which was the mainnet. So for the last few years, this test net has been evolving and what's going to happen very imminently is through the magic of the developer community ethereum the two chains are going to merge into one proof of stake consensus mechanism consent blockchain so the settlement layer um all layers will be will be or at least some of the layers will be proof of stake so that's why it's such an exciting shift because you're going to have a, a move of a, of the second largest cryptocurrency and second largest blockchain to proof of stake. So it's a massive, massive change. It's moving away from proof of work. Opportunities are, of course, look at this from many different angles. The environment, 
uh, could be a massive, massive plus for the environment. I think for ESG, for people who are concerned about blockchain and cryptocurrency as very energy intensive, I think you have a really interesting potential financial um, upswing in terms of what would happen to Ethereum as a, as a currency to Ether. There is a theory of the triple halving, which is essentially the Ethereum, which when Ethereum moves to proof of stake, the rewards which were given to miners for proof of work will now be given to stakers. So you're going to have really high APR interest accruable when you stake your crypto type with your ETH. So you will get like 7% just by keeping your ETH on as a validator or sharing your ETH in a pool. So really exciting there. You will get some really good rewards. The other thing is that Ethereum is now a deflationary currency. So last year there was an update which essentially made, was starting to burn Ethereum, which meant that Ethereum is becoming deflationary. So there already is Ethereum burning now. But when we move to proof of stake, that will even be higher because the amount of people who'd be locking their ETH up for staking when you lock loads of ETH up for staking, you reduce the, you burn ETH, you create uh, um, halvings. So you create massive halvings to the supply. And what happens when you reduce supply? You increase the price of Ethereum. So there are some speculators, speculators that say that Ethereum could be worth, you know, 20 to 50 to even 100,000 US dollars per Ethereum if, if, the proof of uh, the merge is right, and we see the migration of of at least a percentage of the world's financial um, transactions moved to Ethereum. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities, but there's a risk as well, as we saw with Luna. There's still a ton of risk. Things can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And we were having the debate kind of before for this talk about yeah. the, um, you know, about the, the the people building applications within yeah. within Ethereum, and if yeah. you know if ether rises to like 100k yeah. can it be like um, sustainable for people to build applications yeah. on this on this platform but then obviously you are kind of explaining um that things could happen like on a layer two sort of protocol Absolutely. and i think it would be interesting because obviously you know you've educated me a lot on like you know layer zero one two three four and i think again for the beginners out there who are yeah. watching this and want to understand the diff that there's different layers to this. It yes. would be really great if you could yeah, just, yeah, absolutely, for yeah. the layman's out there, the simpletons such as myself, uh, if you could <laughs> uh, break the, the layers down for everyone, that would be really great. Well, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Ethereum, the, 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 one of the big complaints about Ethereum is that, oh, the gas fees are too high. Yeah. It cost me a hundred pound. I'm transferring 200 pound and I've been charged a hundred quid. So that is in, in many ways by design. Because the plan with Ethereum is Ethereum is going to be essentially the settlement layer for DeFi. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be doing all your transactions using Ethereum's base layer because it's just not scalable. Yeah. So what is happening is there is the introduction of layer two protocols, which are essentially technologies which have been developed to, to ease the, the, the stress, particularly financial stress of people doing transactions on on um on the Ethereum network. So Polygon's yeah. a great example. So Polygon is a, a really exciting project in which as as well as many different things, you're gonna be able to do uh, low cost transactions because you will not actually be exchanging through Ethereum the Polygon network will be uh, an intermediary between you and the Ethereum blockchain and uh, the 
the, the sharding mechanism which will come into place will reduce the gas fees for layer twos. It won't reduce gas fees for consumers, but most consumers will just interface with layer twos. So the future, I think, and I obviously could be wrong in this, I think that we're going to see a world in which Ethereum will be, will be the base layer, be the almost the concrete foundations to DeFi. And then you're going to have buildings on top, which are layer twos, and you're going to have all this world applications and stuff going on above the Ethereum settlement layer. So it's a common misconception. And I don't think Vitalik or anyone in the, in the Ethereum community um, is saying that yeah, Ethereum is going to be the, 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 the one to go to to, you know, to uh, officiate low-cost transactions. That would be layer two. So that is the answer to that question. Yeah. Is a Great. Settled, yeah. Well, I think we've covered a lot there. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, um, that you guys out there understand the merger a bit more what's going on why 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 it is so exciting yeah and um yeah it's exciting times um you know and if you want to follow more updates in the metaverse crypto space make sure to like and subscribe uh, to this channel we're going to be dropping the latest insights as we see it um, every week and until then good luck in web3 and the metaverse